What's up, guys? Big weekend. Uh, conference championship weekend. Some coaching changes. Uh, and then we got the Final Four and the bowl picks. So here we go. Uh, weekend started out Friday night. Utah beats Oregon again. Um, pretty, pretty handily. Domination. Which is kind of crazy to me. Why uh, Mario Cristobal's name is is thrown around as a potential coach uh, moving around because he hadn't really done a lot with Oregon. Kyle Whittingham, on the other hand, has uh, consistently won at Utah, and his name's not thrown around. So I don't know what's going on with, with these coaching searches. But anyway, Utah wins the Pac-12. Um, so that's that. Pretty uh, uninspiring year for that conference. You know, Southern Cal only wins four games. They get a new big coach. UCLA starts out pretty strong, but then they fade off. And then, you know, Washington, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon State, Oregon, Stanford. All this pedestrian this year. Uh, no big, no, no, no good teams at the Pac-12. Move on to uh, Saturday. Oklahoma State kind of controlled their destiny to a certain degree. Beat Baylor and have a chance to get into the playoff. And somehow Mike Gundy... Uh, offensive genius guru, I guess. Can't score a touchdown 10 plays inside the five-yard line, which is unbelievable to me. Like, there's no, like, in the round. There's no shovel pass. There's no anything. It's kind of dumb to me. You can bring in 20 tight ends and put them on the end of the line. If you're going to run up the middle and get stuff, it don't do you any good. You know, you either run outside, play action fake. You got to have one play in there that you think can work. He had 10 plays that didn't work. It's embarrassing. Props to Baylor. Uh, I think they're going to be really good. Dave Aranda, uh, their head coach, came from LSU. Done, done some good things down there in Baylor. Uh, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving out, Baylor may be the new new trademark in that conference. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, we'll move to 4 o'clock. Cincinnati tries to remain unbeaten, tries to get into the playoff. They play Houston. Uh, yeah, they go 13-0. But I kind of feel like if you have one kid who mastered, took 13 sixth grade, sixth grade math uh, test and went 13-0, and you had another kid who took like pre-calculus and algebra and geometry and went 12-1, I still feel like the kid who took the calculus, algebra, and geometry is smarter than the kid who all of the uh, elementary type questions, which is I feel like what Cincinnati's done. They struggle with Navy and Tulane and a couple other teams. Uh, I mean, it's cute to watch them score 38 points against Tulsa or somebody, but they're not in the big leagues, man. They're going to find that out here at the end of the month. But uh, Cincinnati wins pretty much locked themselves up a spot since they beat Notre Dame. And, uh, then with the big question, and also the 4 o'clock game, could Alabama beat Georgia? Could anybody score, you know, 20 points against Georgia? And even though Alabama's look like crap for about a month, could have lost to LSU, Arkansas, Florida, and Auburn. They came out with a, with a can of whip-ass, and uh, this embarrassed Kirby Smart and his football team. I mean, they went up and down the field. Defense played extremely well, but the offense was just 
they, they tore uh, they tore that Georgia defense apart. Georgia ain't seen nothing like that in a while. So uh, Alabama locked themselves up in the spot. It was only a question as where they would be seated. Later on, Michigan, Iowa, uh, they played. Pittsburgh and Wake Forest played as well, and Pittsburgh won, but there was no consequence there. You couldn't go for as high as you could go with two losses, so congrats to Pittsburgh. Michigan just just pasted uh, Iowa. Some reason, Kirk Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz has been the coach at Iowa for I don't know how long, 15 years. He can't seem to find the quarterback. Did they not? Did they not throw the football in Iowa in high school or what? Uh, he got the Peters kid, you know, a big tall lanky kid who, 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 who's, who's. I guess I'd say solid. I guess. I mean, he's serviceable, but I mean, you got to be able to score some. Alba looks like the 1980s Big Ten. Three yards in a cloud of dust, play good defense, win games like 17-14. Can't do that nowadays, man. Everybody's explosive. Everybody's got playmakers. Michigan definitely does. So Michigan wins, and then you got to wait till Sunday to find out where the seedings are. Some people thought Michigan might be number one after that big win over Ohio State. And uh, then some people thought Alabama might. And it was Alabama. Alabama jumps Georgia. Georgia drops down to the three. So in the first round of the final four, we got Alabama playing Cincinnati, which I don't think is a game. I'd rather see Utah get a shot, to be honest with you. Um, Utah, even though they got three losses, I know they disqualified for them three losses, especially some bad losses, Oregon State, BYU. They're playing better football than probably anybody in the country outside of uh, the big dogs. Um, I believe they're better than Cincinnati. But anyway... Alabama dismantled Cincinnati. Probably win by like 45-20, something like that. And then Georgia-Michigan's an intriguing uh, matchup. Can Georgia get back on track? I think they can because Michigan, although they got explosive plays and big plays, I don't think that front seven from Georgia allows them to get those. So I feel like that power running game is kind of voided. And... Uh, I, re I really just don't see a scenario where Michigan can score like 35 points. They usually run these one or two guys out in the route, a tight end, maybe a, a, a wide out. I think Georgia can sniff that out. I think Alabama threw a lot of things at them to confuse somebody and found a one weakness in the matchup. I don't think Michigan's offense can do that. They may be able to power run. I don't know. But I think Georgia's so big up front that they'll be able to stymie that they be able to score a little bit, they'll win a close game. So I think Alabama and Georgia will have a rematch like they did, what, three years ago or so. And uh, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, either way it goes. I'm looking forward to all the bowl games, to be honest with you. People say there's too many bowl games. I don't even know what that means. It's like uh, even bad games are good. I mean, if you get home on Tuesday afternoon and there's a bowl game on at 6 o'clock and you don't want to watch it, Watch The Bachelor. Watch something else. But I'm going to be watching that bowl game. So, that's just me. We'll have a bowl preview here in a week or so, right before they get them all together. Uh, number two, Dr. Pepper sponsors this thing. And they do a good thing, man. They give they give college scholarships to uh, all these kids. The problem I got is two things. Number one, they getting the kids, the sorority chicks, who, you know, dad's probably a orthodontist or CPA of a big firm or you know 
they giving these uh, scholarship opportunities to kids who don't need them, I feel like. And I know you can't pick and choose who you get, but there's probably some kid, you know, working in the library to make ends meet and door dashing on the weekends, try to make a little extra money to pay his tuition and his rent. Probably got debt up to his ears. And you got these uh, Kappa Gamma chicks up here, sorority chicks, uh, winning $100,000. It's kind of unfair. I like to see, and I'm sure, you know, like I said, it's, it's a tough one to, to pick and choose, but I'd like to see the guys who are the, are the girls who are, uh, you know, struggling get this 100000 not some chick who, whose dad's going to save that 100000 and spend it at the country club. Number two with the Dr. Pepper Challenge, you got to make the kids throw the football like a football, man. They out there throwing uh, two-handed chest passes like John Stockton through the hole to win 100000 and don't get me wrong, I ain't no damn Marino. I'm no master of the spiral. But Jesus Christ, man, at least make him, at least make him attempt to throw the ball overhanded. It's kind of embarrassing watching uh, two-handed chest passes the whole time, and you got a hundred thousand on the line. That's just my opinion. All right, now we're gonna talk about a couple coaching changes, and uh, you know, I don't know what to, I don't know what to think about this necessarily. Uh, Clemson struggled this year. It's the first year without a generational quarterback. Uh, Tony Elliott and DJ didn't mesh. I don't know who's the fault there. I don't think it's Tony Elliott's fault, necessarily. Uh, DJ just didn't make throws. I know he had a hurt finger and a hurt knee. It just didn't seem like uh, DJ was as good as the previous four quarterbacks Clemson started. And a big guy, 6'5", like 260, didn't run the ball near as much as you thought he may would have. That being said, um, now Brent Venables is going to Oklahoma. The defense has pretty much won. You know, they, they, they won nine games this year. The defense won six of them. Uh, the Gamecocks didn't score. UConn didn't score, but seven on the kickoff. And, and South Carolina State didn't score, but three. So, you know, they had them games locked up regardless. But the other six games were all pretty much one-possession games come down to the end, and it took some good defense to uh, win those football games. And I believe Brett Venables is the best in the game at, at disruption. That's what he does. You know, whether you're running the option, whether you're running the spread, pro style, whatever you're running, he's a master at disruption. And, you know, he, he, he's got a game plan. He finds the weaknesses in all these football teams, and he exploits it. And whether it's blitzing, whether it's coverage, whatever it is, uh, he's he's made you know guys like Ben Bulware and James Skowski, you know, faces of college football, where those guys might have got lost in the shuffle at other schools. Um, so losing Brent Venables, possibly losing Tony Elliott, who's uh, applying, I think, uh, for Duke and Virginia, and this could be a uh, overhaul for for Clemson. And I don't feel like, you know, Dabo took the interim job as a wide receivers coach, wasn't a coordinator, uh, wasn't assistant coach, anything like that. And uh, he's delegated himself into becoming one of the best head coaches in the country. The problem now is, can he coach? He can delegate. And if he's got a great defensive coordinator and a great offensive coordinator, Chad Morris or Jeff Scott, he had quarterbacks Deshaun Watson, Kelly Bryant, Taj Boyd, Trevor Lawrence. But now can he coach? When it comes down to X's and O's having to call a play, I don't know that Dabo can. 
He just never had. He's never had to. It's not a Dabo show. It's delegated between great coaches and great players. And now there may be a little fallout. And then you take away the coaches. Had a bad season. You may lose some of these recruits. Some of these guys might not want to play for Brent Venables. I don't think many recruits go from, you know, Somerville High School to Oklahoma. But they may go to, let's say, Georgia. Let's say, you know, Virginia Tech or North Carolina where they was going to Clemson. It's hard to say. Maybe go to South Carolina. Maybe some of them will go to South Carolina if that was a, a possibility. You never know. But uh, that's interesting. Another one, uh, Mario Cristobal is uh, possibly going to take the Miami job, but it's only if Mario Cristobal wants it. So if he takes it, they'll fire Manny Diaz, but if not, they'll stick with Manny Diaz. That's a unique situation. I don't know why Mario Cristobal is up for that or why he's in such high regard. The guy that won anything with Justin Herbert, he hadn't done anything this year with Oregon. I mean, they're playing the Pac-12. It's not like a great competition. There's no big wins. They did beat Ohio State, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know what happened in that game. They only scored 24 points, so it wasn't like his offensive juggernaut. They play good defense. Maybe the defensive coordinator needs to be uh, uh, up, for, up for grabs. Anyway, there's a lot of there's still a lot of co coaches uh, uh, opening spots. It's interesting to see where those guys go. Um, Ole Miss locks up Lane Kiffin, which I think is a smart move. Um, so, you know, he's gonna be he's gonna be in the Grove for a while now. And uh, you know, LSU gets Brian Kelly. I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a match at all. I don't know how that's going to work. Lincoln Riley goes to Southern Cal. I don't know how that's going to work. I'm not sure Lincoln Riley is a great coach. That's yet to be uh, seen. And I don't know how Brad Venables is. You know, you, you if you've worked in a business setting, you know there's always been, like, the best salesman. And the best salesman can sell like hell. But that don't mean he can run the whole company. And, and we've seen that. I've seen that personally, that, you know, they're good at the job they're given. But being the uh, CEO, being the uh, manager, doesn't always pan out. The responsibilities are a little too big for some folks, and they can't handle it. So going forward, we'll see if Brent Venables can uh, put a staff together, if he can still recruit as well, and uh, you know how well he does going to the SEC. He's in the Pac-12. I wouldn't think much of it. He'd probably still get 10, 11 wins default. Going to the SEC, got to play Alabama. Got to play, you know, Texas A&M, Georgia, uh, you know, Auburn in any given year, LSU. It'll be interesting to see if he can uh, sustain. So, anyway, another thing I want to throw at you. Uh, I've done a couple of TikToks on this. Um, Wendy's breakfast. I've never had Wendy's breakfast until last Friday. Didn't think nothing much about it. You know, if I was going to get a breakfast, it's usually Bojangles, Hardee's, something like that. Maybe Chick-fil-A. Wendy's breakfast, man, is solid. Bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, a buttermilk biscuit, fresh, fluffy, buttery, good biscuit. Bacon, egg, and cheese, sausage, egg, and cheese, a dollar right now. And then that honey uh, chicken biscuit. Got a little glaze of honey on it with the buttermilk. That thing is solid. I mean, and they got these uh, seasoned potatoes that come with it. They solid. And, of course, I always get the large sweet tea. That sweet tea is better than Sonic. That sweet tea is better than Bojangles, in my opinion. So if you're curious about, like, a new spot, or you've seen the commercials and didn't know, that breakfast is good, man. It ain't no junky uh, reheated gas station breakfast. It's upper echelon. It's a good biscuit. 
the, the, the chicken bits is good. The bacon and eggs fluffy. Sausage is, is hearty. It's good. It's, it's good sausage. It's not some guatney. Um, so if you're curious about it and you've been thinking about it, give Wendy's breakfast a try. Y'all have a good week. I'll talk to y'all tomorrow.